My name is Diamond Rivera of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast, and this is episode 132 and counting. 
And I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Thubachata Radio, where you can listen to this interview in high quality. As well, we are available on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and other streaming platforms. And you just saw an amazing performance from one of our special guests tonight, or the special guest tonight, I would say. And we have all the way from the Connecticut area, the one and only Jonathan Borges. Hey, what's what up, is, man? Man, my brother, honestly, I love, love that routine so much. Um, and the reason is because every person I've seen perform that routine, I understand is that the positioning always has to be on key. And I mean by that, the formations. I love whoever did that video really captured the essence of the movements, of the formation changes, and really seeing that time and effort you guys have put in. But most of all, man, Jonathan, it is amazing to have you on this platform today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Diamond, man. Uh, I've been checking out your episode since you first started, and I can't believe you're already at 131. It feels like you, uh, you know, you were just at episode less than 10 before. <laughs> you know, and for me as well as I talk to you, many others, that the reason I created this platform was because too many artists that I knew were leaving the scene and not having their stories told. And for me, I think it was really important to have a place, a platform, a safe haven, you might say, that artists can come to feel comfortable about talking about their history, their stories, before Hollywood and the industry can get to it, or it may never be told. So for me, having you on is important because talking about your success is one thing, but also detailing how important it is, how you are as a human being is more even gratifying. And, you know, that's why really I, I love having artists like you on. Thank you again, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. You know, and for me and you as well talked, we've danced in the same circles. Uh, us being fans of the one and the only CT Salsa Fest. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, ran by Lewis and Luz and, you know, realizing especially how important those places were every year that we were anticipating going to events, going to socials, meeting people our age who shared the same love, going to the same socials and partying till 6 a.m. like the adult. And, you know, it's a, yeah, for sure. it's, it's a beautiful thing seeing over the years that, hey, you know, many of us have grown, started from kids groups, uh, even graduating and going into teams and now into pro teams like Yamole like you're in. And for me, it's really inspiring seeing artists that I've seen grown over the years and now have come to this point in their career. And for me, I think this is just another catapulting step towards stardom. I, I think you're a really special artist um, from your early days in Latin rhythms that we'll talk about, of course, until now with Yamule and also further beyond. And, you know, for me, as I talk to you, as understanding who Jonathan is on the stage is just as important understanding Jonathan off the stage. So as I start every episode, uh, I want you, or I would love for you to kind of answer this question. It goes like this, Jonathan, who is Jonathan before dance? Who is Jonathan before dance? Mm. All right. Uh, so I would say uh, dancing it's hard to say who I was before that, right? Because I've always liked to dance, uh, like in general. I, uh, whether it was uh, just at family parties or what I used to do a lot was like uh, copy music videos. 
like uh, like back like Usher was my boy back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I used to always uh you know like kind of copy uh dances or whatever. And um so I've always I guess had that thing for dance, but I actually didn't know know it, you know, like how much I loved it. And um but but besides that, if I took that out the equation of uh, sports my whole life, yeah, I can remember uh baseball and basketball mostly. Um, and that that led me all the way, you know, taught me a lot, you know, discipline, hard work, uh, which I feel like uh, that ended up playing a factor later when I started dancing, uh, like around 15 or 14, mm -hmm. uh, that I've been playing sports the whole life. So I, I, I feel like uh, I liked the, I liked learning. I liked working in a group environment. You know yeah. what I mean? I liked the, that part of it. So dancing um, eventually uh, took over, but. I would say before dancing, uh, sports for sure, and uh, video games of, and video games too. <laughs> I mean, hey, we'll even yeah. get that, into that too. And I think it's important when I ask that question because I, I want people to understand that just as much as, as they see you performing, it's also important understanding there's a life before that. There's a life around that. It's not just, I mean, don't get me wrong. Most artists that I know are dedicated to dance, but there's always something that always usually is something that the person likes other than dance. Video games, you like sports and you've grown up in it, you've grown in it. And I think also I think the discipline factor, if I can yeah, say, for sure, has played a role because like you said in sports, of course it's about having fun, but there's an aspect of discipline and fundamentals that come mm -hmm. into play. And you know, for me now realizing with you that you know, you growing up in Connecticut. Um, and what was that like, you know, with the sports? Was it more of you, know, like you said, baseball and basketball? When, when did, uh, like you said, in age of 15, when did dance kind of in the formal way and kind of the instructional way, how did that come about? Yeah. So, um, sports, I think that was just like a normal thing. My, you know, my dad likes sports. He's a sports guy. So that I don't re really remember, uh, not liking it or loving it um you know little league and all that stuff like since young so that was just kind of like the thing to do during the seasons um but with dance uh i got into it uh well first i would say uh i was a part of somebody's quinceanera right mm, that's how it so starts I that's <laughs> yeah i was a part of somebody's quinceanera and the person that taught the dance was from latin rhythm and she was also in the quinceanera and she just taught the basics and I remember the I was I'm always gonna remember my first song I like formally danced to was the Juliana by DLG. Juliana, uh, que mala eres. Yeah. <laughs> mala eres, Juliana. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like the first one. And um that was on one. Connecticut at that time was, you know, and still is mostly dominant on mm -hmm. one. Uh so that was my first like little introduction into it. But there was somebody in the quinceanera that uh danced a Latin rhythm and that ended up being my girlfriend. And she convinced me to go. <laughs> it always starts over a woman, right? <laughs> always, man. Always. <laughs> I mean, everybody's story has something to do with the girl. And it, and something you just said earlier as well, starting in quinceañeras. I have heard that from many past guests that they've started in kind of being in a quinceañera or forced into a quinceañera. And then kind yeah. of that piques the interest. Um, And like you said, your girlfriend... Uh, who now, you know, before kind of introduced you to that. So what was it like, you know, going from the quinceañera into quinceañera into now your first dance classes? What were those those moments like for you? 
Um, I remember being uh, like being able to learn quickly. I think that's always yeah. been like a skill of mine is that I can learn pretty quickly or imitate or mimic quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember uh, uh, in my beginner class, like uh, someone teaching me how to, you know, really do a cross body lead the right way. Mm. So I really have memories of like my uh, my first first like classes and my uh, even though that was like 15 years ago, like I can still remember those uh, those times in class. And then um, the instructor asked if I wanted to be a part of their like kids team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I got introduced to the group stuff. Um, and then the CT Salsa Fest, I was kind of like, whoa, like, yeah. what the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so my first CT Salsa Fest was actually the second one, the second one they had. Wow. But still, yeah. that's so many years ago. And, and many yeah. would even remember. I remember those early, early times. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, I think that's uh, that that's that kind of uh environment like you said um that that's almost like the only congress or the 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 few ones that have like partying for uh adults and for younger kids man i remember the kids downstairs you know we used to like you said get it in and all night uh just like the adults would and just seeing that many kids my age uh like liking the same thing kind of like uh sparked kept my interest going because sometimes with dance uh it doesn't it's not that um let's say like sports is easy for to sell to a, a, a guy or to a boy uh but dance it might be harder to sell to them or get them to get into it mm. yeah no, what i think yeah no I, I understand because if you don't see many people your age in that same field sometimes it can kind of push you away but realize yeah. you got boys you got men male and females they at your ages and i mean of course that's i hear a lot of artists say the same thing and some of them don't have that luxury because a lot of artists that i met started in their mid-20s early 20s and a lot of us were able to have that focus of doing it earlier having that experience gaining those relationships and friendships with people like nothing's better than coming from new york wanting to go to ct salsa fest of course, to perform, but then catch up with the people that live over there because that one weekend we built the friendship and you know cheered each other on while performing. And I think that's really what was special. And for me, learning about your start at Latin Rhythms, understanding you know there are many schools in Connecticut. When you're coming from New York, where the schools are endless, you're kind of figuring out what you know what other scenes there are. You know, of course, there's Philly, there's Boston, there's Jersey. But then, of course, Connecticut, like you said, on one was heavy, was the main thing. And it kind of still is, like you said. So, you know, what were those moments like now? You're in Latin rhythms, you're training. Now you're getting to a performing level now. So how was those moments like for you going from the novice to now performing in front of people? Um, I, I felt like I was able to adapt pretty good with the performing. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always felt like the pre-show kind of, uh, jitters and the butterflies that, that people experience, but, mm-hmm. uh, not too much stage fright, uh, just, you know, nervousness or adrenaline, I would say. Uh, but, um, what was kind of cool that I always, uh, say about Latin rhythm is that I spent a lot of time there before I, you know, actually made my way to New York to get some training mm-hmm. was that, uh, she, uh, her, her, my first instructor's name was Yvette Cabrera. 
she actually started the the CT Salsa Fest with Lou, um, but then uh, they uh, worked out other deals to, uh, yeah. to have just Lou run it. Um, but she uh, taught me really how to like enjoy myself dancing, you know, like uh, mm. the, the real essence, you know. And uh, so she was teaching me the routines, but like she would motivate me to really feel the music and try to, you know, really get us to to dance and not only just do the steps. So even if, you know, we weren't, um, you know, have as high of as a level of, let's say, like a New York the studios generally have, I feel like one thing she taught me was really how to dance or uh, how to, yeah, yeah, how to dance and how to feel feel it and really uh, mm. feel the essence for it. So as far as performing, uh, the main stage, like you said, was always CT Salsa Fest. And then one year uh, she wanted to take us to, uh, oh, we've done New York a few times mm-hmm. when they were having the, they also had the kids shows over there. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then well, one year we went to Miami and I think that's when, that's when I was like, okay, we, mm. I never traveled outside of like the yeah. tri-state area and I really saw or began to do research on how big it was the dance because I thought it was just kind of like a hobby you know we do a couple mm-hmm. shows here and there tri-state area thing but I didn't realize how how big the salsa scene was so that was my early introduction to that. And that that's amazing to hear because I've heard that once before that you know when you're kind of confined to your area and your limits and then you kind of go elsewhere and you see a whole nother world and that right there is a turning point. That's like, okay, all right, I can travel now and I can have fun. I mean, why not? For some people, some people might scare them away. But like you said, your initial phases of going to the CT Salsa Fest, which brought people from the tri-state, but also elsewhere, coming for a whole weekend, everybody's together. And now just soaking in all that knowledge from the classes, watching the shows. I mean, hey, it's a lot. And now, like you said, going to Miami was kind of that tipping point for you. And it's interesting that you talk about Latin rhythms because I have a video here, uh, an old classic video. I believe the the routine was, I think, had a yellow, you know, stripe in it, little colors here and there. I think you remember that one. Yeah. All right. I do remember that one. Yep. All right, everyone, let's check this out and we'll be right back.
man. Stuff, man. <laughs> Dude, like, listen, I mean, that was a throwback, but for me watching that, oh my god, I, I didn't, I don't even think you noticed. I think 2015, maybe I actually performed that same song at CT Salsa Fest. Oyelo is one of the hardest songs. <laughs> like, it just keeps going and going and going and going. It just builds up. And for me, seeing one, the endurance of Yo, the, those songs gas you out. But second, to have you guys be on timing. Like, you know what? When I mean by that, people just think it's so simple. But it's so hard to stay on time for some people with a song that long, so complex, with all that partner work, like, you guys are teenagers doing routines that a lot of pros aren't able to do, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that like you said, like uh, that was in the era of, uh, like, you know, you would do the whole song. Like, there was no cutting yeah. the music. Like, <laughs> that's how it was before. Oh, my God. Man. It's So you had to, if the song was four and a half minutes, you was dancing four and a half minutes. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I think that built that, you know, that endurance in you because, again, I mean, kind of going from start to finish and going full out. I appreciate that. I mean, for me, as we were watching it privately, we're like really in it. We're looking at everything and it's like it brings you back because for me to see those many years ago of where you started to where you are now, as I, as I say a lot on this podcast, it makes sense. Everything now makes sense to see the te the the education that Yvette Cabrera gave you, and shout out to the Yvettes because my aunt and my mama named Yvette. Just, hey, shout out to Yvettes. Yeah. Shout out to the Yvettes. <laughs> um, for me, what I appreciate is to see the teachings that you've learned from her translating as you're getting older because we understand we are representations of the people that taught before us. We Always. understand. So it's different. If you're in a school that the teaching isn't as a high caliber and you come to a city like New York to train and they can look at you and say, hey, yeah, who you being trained by? Because that's how it is a lot of times. And to see just from an early age how really advanced you were. But most of all, you really had fun. Hey, don't get me wrong. The, the video quality wasn't the greatest, but I could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see the smiles and, and most of all, just the passion, the love that you have for it. And that's really important. Um, you know, for me, a question I have for you before we kind of go into later uh, and further times is watching that video, what were those feelings like for you? Um, I've always, I've, I'm a fan of watching like, uh, you know, people, some people wince, uh, wince away from those uh, old videos and stuff because mm -hmm. they, you know, they feel like they were, you know, so long ago and they're not as good as they are now or would mm -hmm. know what they know now. But, uh, you know, I see that and, you know, it puts a smile in my face because, you know, like you said, uh, you know, the passion is there. You know, the quality can't see with the really <laughs> that much. But, uh, I, you know, I remember having those were like, you know, one of the most fun mm -hmm. times that I've had and times that I didn't have. I felt like uh, less pressure, you know, as I as versus as I uh, grew more and, and continued to grow, I feel like. Uh, you know, sometimes, or just in general, I feel like, you know, people can lose their essence once they get mm. to a certain level, you know, because they're so good. Yeah. That it's almost they, they, you know, they forget the, the true feeling or the first feeling. So I try to have, I try to keep a little bit of that, you know, technique is awesome, but you know, that's the essence is where it's at. Absolutely. I mean, so well said, because again, it's not as easy as just going to training and learning some choreographies 
if you can't translate the essence and the power and the passion on the stage, it means nothing. For me, it's like I enjoy watching someone go full out, start to finish, and it doesn't even have to be advanced, quote unquote, steps. Yeah, just yeah. You're all rather than a professional team, and I've seen it, professional team, just because they're a pro team and they're headlining and closing, you look at it, and just in my opinion, I've seen it, I'm not flattered. I'm not interested because I can tell when that person or that group has lost that passion. And now it's a job. And now it's like, hey, just start. I'm just doing me. And I just have to be honest, like for me seeing, I think the luxury that people like me and you have had for many years, we started younger in a sense that we had a scene for us individuals for our ages. Yeah, We were around the adults, but at times we were around people our age. And when it came to social dancing, we're social dancing with everyone. We're getting to know everybody. So as you get older, the focus of social dancing is being social. So, I mean, you've, you've gotten that, that experience and as you're younger. So a question now that I have is, you know, after Latin Rhythms, uh, um, seeing your journey down the road, I, I saw that you were also a part of uh, Eddie Torres Jr.'s project that you guys had performed at the Madison Square Garden event. So can you yeah. kind of tell us a little more about that? Because I remember seeing that and I was like, man, Eddie's great, but this guy right here is hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, um, so they got to a point where I was uh, at Latin Rhythm and, you know, the the hunger for more was, mm -hmm. you know, starting to really, really kick in, you know. Um, at that, oh, at that time, uh, the way I was introduced to New York, uh, First, I would say is I went to a a, a Jimmy Anton social on a mm. Sunday, and I prior to that I might have I've taken like a lesson or two. Mm. Uh, you know, somebody from New York, I, uh, was, his, his guy was uh, name was Jamal, came and taught an onto lesson. I took maybe a lesson or two with them, uh, and then I we all went to uh, Jimmy Anton's, and you know I was going in there only dancing on one, but practicing on too. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make it my mm -hmm. mission. And you know, those Jimmy Anton days, you know, <laughs> that's little sweat box. You, oh yeah. Like that was one of the, also one of the events where I'm like, man, people are coming here straight to dance. Like oh, yeah. there's, they're coming in here in gym clothes and, you know, changing multiple times because they're here to dance. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no uh, show or dress up yeah. behind it. So uh, I practice all, I practice, you know, I try to, I lost timing the whole, the whole, you know, night, but towards the end of the night, I started feeling it. And mm -hmm. I, I remember saying like, okay, like the, I'm starting to feel like the onto uh, rhythm or the beat, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause uh, you know, on one, you know, or just a habit, you know, I don't know if you are familiar with either or, but once you're dancing on one for so long, when you try to convert timings for the first time, you're like, man, this is yeah. out of, out of feeling. So, um, yeah, so the hunger for more started kicking in after that. I'm like, okay, I got to really learn this and really, uh, you know, take my time and dedicate to it. So I had a friend, uh, his name is Rob Gracia, uh, Rob Hollywood. He also mm -hmm. uh, danced with Yamole for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we all grew up in the same CT Salsa Fest, you know, yeah. all, you know all of us as kids. Uh, and uh, I met him there, actually, and um, mm -hmm. we reconnected. And he came to a, a social in Connecticut and uh, he was asking, you know, what was I up to dance wise? And I told him, I was like, well, I, wa I want to go train in New York, but I'm, I'm not really, you know, familiar. You know, I don't really have contacts like that. 
to to get these advice from. So I was thinking, um, you know, of all the big names, you know, Santo Rico, uh, Yamule, um, Zapphire at that point had just started, uh, mm -hmm. was been around for a year or two. So they were, they were kind of cool. Um, so those, are, those were like the only companies really that I knew to go to. Yeah. And he, he told me, he was like, yo, I've been taking classes with Eddie Jr. You should come through. And he told me that on a Friday, the class mm -hmm. was on a two that on that same Tuesday, I went right away. I was like, okay, you know, this is the, this is what I've been waiting for. Right. And then I took my first class with, with Eddie Jr. And I was like, man, you can't do, you know, you can't duplicate this feeling, you know, you can only find it here. So, uh, just driving into Manhattan, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the lights, you know, that, you know, it always makes you feel like you something or, or going to be something, uh, when you pull up for, for me, every time yeah. I pull up to Times Square, Manhattan, I'm like, man, this is it. So just that whole experience, uh, took class with him or whatever. And I was like, man, this is, this is where it's at. And then, um, kept taking class with him. And then he said he had a project coming up and he had auditions for it. And it was for the Madison Square Garden event, but he yeah. didn't say uh, it was for the Madison Square Garden event. He just said that he had auditions for something. Um, so I, I showed up to it and um, I was excited. The audition went well. I felt like I made a good impression. It was my first kind of like audition of that type of sort. Yeah. And I, uh, He's like, okay, uh, you know, I'll see, you know, basically gave me the okay to come back and practice again. And I was super excited and I go outside and my car's gone. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> my car is gone. Wait, you mean like toad or you mean like toad? Oh, okay. No, I was toad. Like, Damn. <laughs> Man, I was I was at my highest point being ecstatic of him <sighs> giving me the okay to, you know, to be a part of his project to all the way down of like, yo, where the heck is my car? At that point, I didn't know if, you know, uh the stealing cars was a thing yeah uh you know i felt like the parking was a good spot but i later learned that was my first like lesson welcome to new york welcome to new york, welcome to new york. <laughs> you can live your dream in one corner and then turn the corner and then you and know lose it all. and lose it all <laughs> I mean, so i had to walk all the way down to uh to the toe to toe place and you know Wow. Looking back at it now, it was funny, but at the time, you know, it was, it was, I mean, it was a yeah. Little, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> your heart was made and broken at the same, like, in the same hour. <laughs> I mean, same I mean, hour, literally. Hey, I mean, and, but also you getting that opportunity to train with Eddie Torres Jr. to eventually do that event, which was at the Madison Square Garden. When you initially found out it was at Madison Square Garden, what were those feelings like? Oh man, I was like, it's gonna be the biggest stage, you know what I mean? Like the the mecca, you know, of uh just the arenas period, you know. So I was like super excited and uh you know grateful, you know, yeah. even for Tito uh it was with Tito Puente Jr. Um mm -hmm. so you know, just having that kind of bloodline, it felt special to be a part of because uh Eddie's dad worked with uh Tito Puente's dad, yeah. uh, Junior's dad, then they, they you know, it felt like a good, uh, special moment. So I was glad to be a part of it. Man, absolutely. Having that opportunity, like you said, having your friend Rob uh, introduce you to that. Rob being a part of Yamule at one point. But now him introducing you, you having an opportunity, you making that audition, the common denominator and all of your experiences has been you. So you've been able to help you succeed, which is great to see. 
instead of just relying on others because that's so easy to do for so many people. But we've learned in this industry, you have to do it yourself. You've got to really put that work in, put the time in. So now my question to you is, you know, you've done your work with Eddie Torres and you've done your work with Latin Rhythms. What was it like initially for you now going into Yamule and training there? Uh, so the the path after Eddie, because uh, um, I was training from for like two years, close to two mm-hmm. years, uh, taking class before and after Madison Square Garden. And what I really felt like, uh, like I said, with Latin Rhythm, she taught me the essence, how to have fun you know, not be scared of dancing, dancing's, you know, you know, a feeling. Mm-hmm. And then what uh, I felt like Eddie taught me how to do was how to express myself within that, you know, and, you know, the uh, dancing mambo felt really like, I, I was like, man, I didn't know I can express myself like that within these Susie Q's or these shines. Like, I didn't know I can have, you know, these different range of motions or ideas, you know, that I can incorporate in dance. You know, uh, besides just sticking to the uh, normal shines that we all learn as, you know, beginners all the way to intermediate or advanced dancers. So he kind of taught me uh, the foundation because I also, you know, even though I was uh, at an advanced level or close to it at that level, I was still taking this advanced beginner class because, like I said, the hunger for more and really to learn, learn properly took over. And, you know, so I was taking both both classes like, you know, even though uh, I felt like the advanced beginner was more uh, easier, mm-hmm. never wanted to stop learning. But <clears throat> I would say he taught me how to express myself, how to be uh, be myself within the uh, within salsa also. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I was also, you know, the hunger for more strikes again. You know, I was like, man, I want some like some hardcore like training. You know, like some mm-hmm. group stuff and um. You know he's he works uh mostly alone, so it's hard for him to uh you know really have a lot of things going on. So uh not like uh these other dance companies where they'll have uh, you know multiple instructors or people yeah. that can keep the that can help you. So uh, I was still looking for the team kind of uh, vibe, and you know Rob being from uh, Yamule, he told me he was like, well you know there's you know there's Yamule. I'm like. Mm, it wasn't it wasn't my top of the list because <laughs> I feel like it was almost a contrast of what I was doing with Eddie. Mm. Right. Um, and uh, to be honest, uh, and I always say this, uh, that at first the Yamule style did not uh, appeal to me. Mm. Uh, I remember in the CT Salsa Fest early, like what, like absolutely amazed, you know, and like, wow, this is great. But uh at that time i was dancing for having fun and i you know to me i didn't wasn't knowledgeable to enough to know that they were having fun with having so much technique yeah so at first it didn't at first i didn't see it i'm like okay now nah, they're they're executing but uh, i'm just seeing spins yeah uh but it's not until i actually uh took my first class uh at yamule that when uh i realized that they were just on a whole nother level of yeah. just <laughs> within the dance. I was like, okay, yeah, no, nah, this is, this is, this is where it's at. This is what I've been kind of looking for, uh, you know, and Osmar having the mind that he has up until they, this day, I will, I'll be there four years in October. And mm. up until this day, he'll, he'll come out with some stuff that I'm like, how is this man thinking of this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how is he thinking of this? I mean, 
and you said it so genuine because what you said really mattered was, hey, you saw all of this technique on stage and you wondered how could they have fun? Because we see so many times routines that really are having fun. I mean, is there a leveled balance of fun, but also technique and fundamentals? And then, like you said, it took you going there to really understand it. Because before that, you're more foreign to it. You just see a performance here and there. But you actually going to the studio and training. And like you said, four years later, seeing how far you've come. And with Osmal, for me, Osmal is not just a legend. He's a pioneer, in my Absolutely. opinion. There's, there's many artists from years past that I have met in contact with, stay in contact, that I can see are consider pioneers. There were certain artists that revolutionized our dancing world or scene, how we perceived it. Because you also understand, and this is my opinion, in CT Salsa Fest, that was right before New York Congress where you got to see the talent that was nearby and you got to understand what people are looking for. And what I mean by that, you talked about it earlier, the turns, the dips, the tricks. That's what there was a period of time where that was king, where that was every routine we saw. If it didn't have any of that, we didn't know we were going to give you that ovation or that applause you wanted. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and that was good, but also I think bad. I think people just had to be genuine because then you, I started seeing teams that tried to emulate the team right before them. And people realized after a while, that's not how you guys really operate. I could understand trying something new, but there's a difference between, you know, flattery and straight copy. And I mean, yeah. you know, but for me, seeing how far you've come, like you said, from your first initial years at Yamole and thanking Rob for that opportunity of pushing you to do it because he saw something in you. And four years later, dude, I mean, I remember honestly, and I'm transitioning now to kind of, 2020 and um even now is last year during the pandemic uh seeing videos of you people like renee uh emiliano and, and many others barbara seeing scarlet you know anna the list goes on from yamule for me it was really am amazing and, and grateful and motivating because 2020 was very hard for many of us and it was like we wanted to see something that was uplifting, that was giving us hope. And, you know, for me, seeing artists like yourselves that were putting yourself out there, when in reality, a lot of artists are more introverted. And now yeah. when the camera's solely focused on you or your partner, that's where the individuality comes in. And, you know, for me, a question I have is, of course, going through the years and you know now really being a part of the team of course and performing alongside people like Osmal, Emiliano, Renee and, and others, what were those moments like of you know from just training to now performing within the teams? Yeah, so um uh I had my mindset uh you know once I took my first class I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm gonna join this team. Like uh, there's no mm -hmm. way I'm not gonna figure out, you know, how, how these people are doing this, you know, and I can't figure it out just yet. Right. Yeah. So I talked to Osmar. I already had the plug in with uh, Rob and, um, you know, Rob suggested that I get uh, moved to the Bahari team first mm -hmm. instead of doing the student Guadalquitén team. 
And um, he was like, yo, you know, I, I vouch for him, like, you know, this guy, whatever. And I told him, I was like, I, you know, I work hard. Uh, you know, there's something, you know, that I have my mind set up, you know, 100%. You know, if you give me the opportunity, I understand or I'll be grateful, right? And he was like, you know, I'll give you the opportunity, but just to let you know, like, if you can't do it, um, you know, you're going to have to go on the uh, student team. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm totally, I, I was like, I told, I was like, I told, I'm totally fine with that. Um, you know, I'm still going to be, want to be here no matter what. Yeah. So I was, I was willing to take that step back. Uh, well, what I thought was, would be a step back uh, to do the student team just to mm -hmm. ultimately achieve my goal. But, uh, you know, joined the Bahari practices. I remember there was, you know, a lot of things that I was uh, just, you know, habits I had to break. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Yamole prides herself on technique for sure. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much what I had to learn with them is how to, uh, you know, properly step my all my counts out, uh, how to lead, um, you know, all the little tricks and tips that go along with it, you know, um, was adjustment because... Uh, I felt like Mambo was dancing a little bit more uh, free yeah, or a little bit open, you know, a little bit more uh, grooviness uh, versus, uh, you know, the Yamule technique. There's there's a lot of things happening in, a, in one bar. So yeah. you got you got to you got to be on point. So, uh, yeah, I got addicted to that feeling, man, that uh, that that training was it, man. And um, really, uh, like I said, uh, I always say the three major major things that uh played a factor in my journey was the first the essence the second mm -hmm. uh first with essence with eddie or uh, with latin rhythm and yvette the second was expression uh and um was with uh, eddie jr and then thirdly was technique and just straight up knowledge mm -hmm. uh with yamole and i feel like those those were the three main uh things that i got from each uh you know path uh that I took, you know what I mean? Uh, so all the way up until performing to answer your question. Um, I remember my first performance with Osmar and I was standing behind him and, you know, I, to me, he's kind of infamous for having that bald head, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least at my time, you know, not that there's not other bald salseros, but I remember that was one of the things when I was young, like this, uh, this, uh, the bald guy from Yamule, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't know his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, when I finally got on stage with him, I was like, man, I'm behind the ball guy from Yamule. Like, I still had that feeling. Because, like. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always a fan, you know, a fan first. Mm -hmm. uh, so that admiration is always going to be there and that respect as an uh, instructor or just for mm -hmm. all these artists in general. You know what I mean? It's a lot of admiration that I have for a lot of people. And um, to, to perform alongside, uh, you know, legends is, man, I feel, I, I feel blessed, man. And I'm I'm glad that I've had people in my journey, like the the uh, the the first girlfriend that I had that introduced me to salsa, mm -hmm. Rob that kind of uh, introduced me to New York, and then you know I kept pushing on, you know, even though these people either uh, stopped or you know I don't talk have connection with them anymore, you know I kept going. So you know I, I'm always grateful for those for those moments like that. So. Now it's uh you know Osmar I see him as a definitely more of a you know family family type you know four years yeah. is hard to go five days a week sometimes six <laughs> six hours a day it's hard to go without feeling connection for, for the people oh. that you dance with and stuff so they're definitely family now absolutely I mean having that family aspect is important because from start to finish you're with those people on stage and 
every turn, every transition, every footwork, every foot placement, every formation change is important because like you said, Osmala is known for helping create some of the most unique patterns and, you know, inversions, turning a turn and going the opposite way of what you think you should go to. And, yeah. and I love that, you know, and having artists like you and many others now promoting the brand themselves besides just Osmala, but having you guys is so important. Seeing how far Yamale has grown and keeps growing is beautiful. And, and now my last question before we get to uh, my amazing segment that I love have called the randoms is from everything you've been able to experience throughout your years of dancing, culminating now we're hitting 2021, things are getting back to a, a sense of normalcy and you know things are opening up more, events are happening. What do you see as your future in this dancing? Oh, uh, my future in this dancing? Um, I would say, uh, right now my main focus is to continue, uh, trying to, uh, grow as much as I can. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I think with a lot of artists, uh, you know, my personal opinion, some people jump out too early. Um, and you know, maybe they were in a good situation before, but they jump out too early and then they kind of lose steam. So I've always, that's kind of always been, uh, something that's back in the back of my mind. So, um, I'm really want to know. I want to make sure that I know as much as I can before mm. I, uh, you know, move on to a journey that involves just me uh, dancing and whether it's uh, with a pair, a team, own company. Uh, you know, I definitely see myself as uh, trying to make my uh, make my path here. Mm. Uh, I feel like I've had a pretty unique path, um, you know, combining some of the things I've learned from the Mambo style, Eddie, Yamole style. Mm. Up until this point, not a lot of people have, you know, took that same time to train with both. So I feel like I have something that I can play with, mix with things that I keep on uh, creating every every week at Yamule that comes from me, comes from the essence that I originally learned. So I'm trying to carve my path and make uh, myself, you know, uh, a staple in the game as for years to come, you know, mm. uh, taking my time, you know, I feel like is, is working for me. Yamule right now is you know, it's home. That's where I want to be. That's, that's where I see, must see myself in the near future uh, for sure uh, for a while because learning so much with Osmar, again, being a part of everybody, that level of talent, that grind is addicting, you know? Yeah. People s see the schedule and they say like, man, I don't know how you can do it five times a week, but, you know, once you're in it, it's, it's it, you know, once you're in it, you're in it, you know? So at this point, uh, kind of like a, touching back a little bit what you said in 2020 and 2021 i realized the power more of even more of social media and what you can do for you mm. um and and that, that i've always been afraid to put my my work out there so that that's kind of been my focus is trying to put my work out there uh not being so hard on myself and you know just sharing what i like what i like to do or how i like how i like to feel within dance with everybody so uh, you're definitely going to be uh, seeing more of me, man. I mean, I, absolutely. I definitely look forward to it. And for me, again, this is that opportunity for me to give you your flowers now. Because understanding, like you said, five, six days a week, five to six hours plus for four plus years and counting, that's dedication. That's a lot of 
private events, family events missed, uh, times out with friends maybe missed sometimes. And we understand the toll it takes. But for me, it's about celebrating you and what you've been able to do so far, but knowing that you have so much more to do. And, and now it helps us transition to the last segment that I have called the randoms. So, Jonathan, all I need to know is when you are ready. Let's get it. All right. Number one, yeah. who is your favorite basketball team? Celtics. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Second question. You're at a Congress right now. You could only have one performing artist to watch. Who is it? Uh, Tito Rodriguez. Mm. And in that same question, what about, we're talking about a performing team now. Oh, performing team? Mm -hmm. uh, do I got to exclude my own team? You can, yes. You would have to exclude your own team. Uh, New York Movement. Oh, I love that answer. Yeah. I love that answer. All right. Number three is if you could have one meal right now, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> Not in. Uh, all right. So I'm trying to be good as of lately, but uh, <laughs> man, my go to is white rice and beans with pork chops, man. That chuleta, bro. And tostones. That's the go to. Damn. That's. <laughs> <laughs> you get me hungry right now. I'm about to finish this interview quick. <laughs> Word. All right. Next question. This comes from Migo Nene, and they say, "How does it feel to be the king of CT salsa scene?" Wow. <laughs> hey, Man, I mean, it's um, it's too small. I I'm, I gotta be. I gotta. I gotta expand my territory. Mm. I, I gotta be the king of farther. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that answer. I like that. All right. N right now, if you could dance with one follow right now at a social, who is it? Uh, Anna. That's my favorite person to dance with right now. Big For shout sure. out to Anna. I mean, I, I love Anna Garcia. Team. Yep. She, I think she's all the way from Spain. From Spain. Yep. Yes. I mean, her, her work is amazing, especially the videos you guys do. I mean, in 30 seconds to a minute, you guys get so much done. You have so much technique and fundamentals. But the most important thing, you guys have fun. And that's that's something I really love. Next question is, right now, in, if someone was to come to Yamule, what is the small piece of advice you would give them? If they were rushing to a class and they said, hey, could you tell me what to expect? What can you tell me before I do this? What would you tell them? If I had to tell somebody to uh, advice for if there was their first Yamule class, yeah, I would uh, definitely say it's just keep counting, just mm. keep counting. Yep, <laughs> I know. Learn the counts. <laughs> yep, keep counting, man. Uh, and there's so many, there's so many things that run through my mind, but it has to be the counting. That's the most important. Mm. Okay. Yep. All right. Next question is, how did you get the nickname Googie? Oh yeah, I, I knew that was gonna come up. Of course, uh, so, of course. Yeah, Googie be dancing, man. Uh, so the the name Googie came from uh, you know I don't I don't remember how I got it. Uh, my mom tells me the story. Uh, she basically tells me that uh, when you know she would try to interact with me and say you know you know when you tell kids to say you know say mama say papa say dada say something yeah. <laughs> I'll just be like Googie right. So <laughs> she'll be like Googie, and then apparently I'll just get excited like you know, that I like yeah. that. She'll be like, Googie? 
And she's and I'll just be excited, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she was like, Well, I'm gonna call this little 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 boy Gooby yeah. then if he likes being called that. So <laughs> that's hon- honestly how I got the name. So uh I've always kept that like a, as a private name. Mm-hmm. Uh like I've only that I felt embarrassed before when I was younger, like, oh I don't I don't want nobody calling me Googie, but uh it, it turns out that you know people uh, people I guess like when you're yourself. So that's I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> If you got yeah, no, people used to always say, like, uh, you know, uh, well, now that I, especially at Yamule, they'd be like, Yo, where, you know, what the hell, what the hell, Googie been at? Where he been at? He just, yo, he Googie be dancing, like, whatever. So that's how I really got my Instagram mm-hmm. handle to that's always, you know, what I was doing. So Googie be dancing, that's how, uh, that's how I got the Instagram handle, too. <laughs> wow, okay, I, I, I like that little side story for sure. All right, next so, question is. What is one of your most embarrassing dance moments? Uh, embarrassing dance moments? Whew. Um, uh, I remember uh, not at the first time that I went to the Miami Salsa Congress, uh, but one of my last times there performing with Latin Rhythm, um, uh, there was a lot of conflict of scheduling Mm-hmm. Uh, with our team and how much we can practice before we can go. Uh, so basically, uh, I forget what year it was. It was before 2013, I want to say. Uh, but we went there and I felt uh, definitely like the show was not prepared. Yeah. A bunch of mistakes between everybody. So I would say that 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 would be my embarrassing moment. Okay. All right. Next question. Second at last is if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be? Just one word about myself or about dancing or just whatever. Just about you. Um, if I could describe myself in one word, it would be Growth. Mm. And I knew you had to think about that. So, I mean, that's what I love asking those questions. And this next question, my last question, gets a little bit more deeper is, Jonathan, how do you want to be remembered? When years from now, if you're not doing this in the same capacity you were and you've moved on, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, In the dancing scene, uh, you know, I would I would love for people just to, uh, to see uh, or try to understand what I uh, my uh, what my life has taught me through my dance, you know, or what kind of I want them to get an idea of who I am through watching me dance. Uh, so they're not gonna just see the Susie Q's. They might just see like uh, you know how I express myself. Can be like, oh, this guy must like hip hop music, or he must like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he must like, you know, I don't know, something like that, you know. Uh, so being remembered as somebody that uh, took the techniques from different people and made it their uh, his own while still maintaining the essence. Mm, that is that's really special. And again, I'm, I'm glad that I can ask that question. It really helps me appreciate you even more as not just the artist, but the human being. Because again, we we all may think about that question in one form or fashion, but when asked it, it makes you really think. And I'm, I'm glad that you could answer that. I thank you again for doing this segment. 
Uh, and now it helps us transition to our last segment or our closing segment. Uh, and for me, again, Jonathan, from start to finish, I've appreciated everything about your story, your experience, but most of all, your growth. That word you use to define yourself. And, and that is something that I hold true is I've seen your growth. I've seen your progression over the years and, and just seeing that, hey, this is just a starting point. This is not even the tipping point yet, in my opinion. And having this platform, I'm grateful to have artists like you on so you can tell your story. And last but not least, before we go, I'd love to know if you had any last few words for myself in the audience, but also contact info on how people can reach you and see what you're up to next. Yeah, man. Um, I want to thank you again for allowing me to be a uh, part of this interview, uh, be a part of you also creating something that I think is legendary also because, uh, you know, documentation is important these days, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and not just, you know, for Instagram videos, but, you know, to, to see, mm -hmm. to go back and have that on, on record and being like, you know, this was this person back then and look where they are now. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a podcast that I like called the drink champs, uh, and, of course with Nori and DJ yeah, yeah. and yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So drink champs, uh, has the, has the same kind of message, like, you know, give the people the flowers while they're still here, mm -hmm. but you kind of took that and was like, okay. Well, there's people that that get flowers all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So let me let me go out to some of the people that you know, that you know, are more local, basically. You know, uh, you're to me, you're like a, you're looking out for not only the, uh, you know, the big names, you know, because you have some big names that are part of you, but you do a lot of local artists that maybe not people are familiar with, mm -hmm. you know, and that actually dedicated the, the same time, and you know, just because it's not, you know. New York, you know, doesn't mean that they these people are are not also artists that have been working for years and years and years. So, you know, I appreciate that you do that, and um, just in general for the audience, I appreciate you guys uh, checking in with me and Diamond. I hope you got to learn a little bit more about uh myself, uh, and you know, if you ever want to see uh, what I'm up to, uh, mainly more active on Instagram, and that's at Googie Be Dancing, mm -hmm. and the spelling is G U G G I E. That's Googie right there. Uh, and it's B.E. Denton. Absolutely, man. Everyone check out Jonathan on Instagram at Googie B. Dancing. That is Googie B. Dancing. And honestly, thank you all again for another great and special episode. I, myself, Diamond Rivera, here with Jonathan Borges. And just to let you know, of course, things are, things are getting back to normal. So, again, we're taking this platform soon back to events. That means I'm doing the same thing here and I'm bringing it to you. You never know. I might see you at a Yamole social. Let's get it, man. That out, you know, talk to the people, interact with the people. Cause again, this is a podcast for the people by the people. And I definitely would love to interview Anna as well and hear her story. So I definitely want to see if we can work that out. But most of all, Jonathan, I appreciate you today. I know you're getting ready to go to rehearsal as we speak. I thank yeah, everyone for tuning in who will tune in in the future. It's been another special episode. This is episode 132 with Jonathan Borges out of CT. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Rest of your day. And stay safe. Peace. Yeah. Peace.